0: Is everyone well this morning? It's good to see you all. It's really nice to see you all. Turn the person next to you and just stare them in the eyes for a second. Just a real gaze. Just lovingly look. Who feels better now? Ah, oh, I feel. I feel much better. Uh, okay, I got a question. Have you ever had? Have you ever had a song stuck in your head? Yeah, like a song that just keeps repeating. It plays on a loop in your head. I think the worst thing that happens when you have one of those songs, it's not the whole song, it's like one line, and it just keeps playing one line over and over again. Uh, And no matter what you do, who knows that it just keeps coming back? It it can get a bit annoying. What I find maybe is next level is when one of my kids have one of those songs stuck in their head, but they don't keep it internal. They (laughs) sing it. Usually early morning, one of my children who likes the mornings. There's only one. Not to give it away, but they just sing the one line over and over again until siblings start to threaten. Anyway, it's annoying. But uh, anyway, they call these songs earworms. Have you heard that? A song is an earworm. It comes from a, I think, I looked up the origin. It's something German. I'm I'm not going to even try and pronounce it. but just in case you don't know what an earworm is, I looked it up for you. I looked up, you know, what are what are kind of over over history, especially recent history. What are what are some of those songs that get stuck in your head? And I've 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 got a list of seven songs now. Not to torture you, but I want you to really kind of grasp. Now, this may miss the mark completely. Looking at demographics in the room. Uh, It may miss the mark. Uh, We'll we'll see. Let's see if you know these songs. So the first one, and I did look up a proper list where they, they kind of got people's feedback. And the first one is this one: "Baha Men, Who Let the Dogs Out." Does anyone know that? "Who Let the Dogs Out?" All right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Apparently, that is a line that gets stuck in your head, and you keep playing it. Does anyone have that playing in their head ever? "Who Let the Dogs Out?" Nathan no, does? Yeah, good, good. I really, I wanted to play a clip of each of these songs, but I thought that would kind of be torture. Uh, okay, so who let the dogs out? That, that comes in as number seven, I think I said. Okay, the next one is The Final Countdown by Europe. The Final Countdown. I, I just have that. That's what plays over in my head all the time. Final Countdown. If Mark was here, it, it, Mark loves that song. That's why I put it up. All right. Don't mention Mark anybody. I'm gonna cry. Okay, the next one is, and this is this is a good one. This has actions. YMCA apparently is a song that kind of gets gets stuck. How amazing do the village people look, by the way? I'm not sure that's okay to do that anymore. But anyway, um, YMCA gets stuck in your head. The Anyway, I don't even know how to do it. Okay, the next one is one of my favourites, Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Does anybody love that song? That's, I, I read while I got this picture that actually John Bon Jovi didn't think it was a very good song. Like, it's amazing. That is the best karaoke song that exists. Uh, Living on a Prayer. Okay, the next one. Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, the thing about Bohemian Rhapsody getting stuck in your head is there's about 20 different bits to that song, and it's usually just one bit that kind of keeps playing over. Every time this song plays in my head, has anyone seen the Muppets do Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Animal, who just yells out, Mama, and Mama? Well, anyway, go watch that. That's even better than Queen's. Uh, Okay, the next one. Now, you may not recognise the picture, that's the Proclaimers. Does anyone remember the Proclaimers with the song 500 Miles? Great song. I it's it's called what what's the actual song called? I'm gonna be? No, something weird. Anyway, 500 Miles, funny accents. They look funny uh, identical twins or something. Anyway, And I've got a a bonus. So there's a list. Anyone ever get any of those songs stuck in their head? It's kind of middle of the road, I did say, demographic-wise. There are a couple of new ones, apparently. Happy, um, Pharrell. That song kind of gets stuck on a loop in your head because I'm happy. Anyway, um, and I've got a bonus. This one apparently gets stuck, and I've got a video for this one. And... Got you all, hey, you got Rickroll. <laughs> yeah, there'd be, all right, we can stop it now. I think that's enough. Never going to give you up, yeah. Uh, has anyone got any any songs stuck in their head? They've thought about those songs and they're playing in their head now? No? Yes? Okay, I've got, I did look up uh, a remedy for those earworms. And there's two ways, and they're a bit bizarre, apart from just trying to th- you know, think of another song. Um, the first is to chew gum, they reckon. Isn't that weird? If you chew chewing gum, it can get rid of that song playing. It's something to do with, you know, the using your tongue and jaw or something. Anyway, science. It's science. It's connected somehow. If you chew gum, there you go. There's a fact, useless fact to tell someone over lunch. Uh, and the second one is... Uh, Apparently, you know how it plays in a loop, it's just one line. They reckon if you listen to the whole song, it'll it'll go. It's kind of your brain's satisfied and it won't keep playing. Will you remember those two things? They're really important this morning. Uh, anyway, the reason I brought up the whole things getting stuck in your head is that I haven't had a song stuck in my head this week, but I've actually had a word that keeps playing over In my mind, this week I was listening to a podcast late last week, uh, and it was it was interviewing someone who had been at the Asbury revival, the renewal that was happening at Asbury University uh, in the U.S. And they were talking about uh, the word that came up was consecrate. They were talking about how young people were consecrating themselves. And this word consecrate just kept kind of popping up into my head all week. And so I was like, okay, I, I kind of know that word, but I don't know that word. And so uh, I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. And you know how like when something like that gets stuck in your head, you see it everywhere. You start to see it pop up in different places. Um, and uh, you also, you know, when you focus on words, they become weird. Has anyone ever said just one word like ten times in a row, and suddenly it's just weird? It consecrate became like that this week. Anyway, I did my research and I I searched in my Bible for this word consecrate, and it just kept leading to this amazing story from Joshua. So we're gonna we're gonna look at Joshua three, um, and we'll have. We'll have Scripture up on the screen. But I want to I just go back before we, we read Scripture. I just want to make sure that we're in the right place together before we look at this, this story. So we'll go back a little bit. Joshua takes place um, right after God God's rescued Israel from Egypt. Do we know that story where, where Moses leads God's people out of Egypt? Uh, there's a an amazing miracle at the start, where they they walk across the Red Sea, uh, but then the Israelites spend forty years, forty years just wandering in the desert, not reaching the promised land, uh, and they uh, and they end up yeah wandering for forty years. Imagine forty years. Forty years is a long time, right? The Israelites, and we we can read through Exodus and we can read through the Bible, they they do a lot of really dumb things in that time. In fact, if you read it, it's pretty frustrating what the people of God do during that time. But in the end, God tells Moses that he's not actually going to set foot in the promised land. Uh, And after Moses dies, a guy called Joshua actually takes the lead. And that's that's kind of where we start our story. Joshua and God's people, after wandering for 40 whole years, they're actually really close. They, they're, they're right on the, the brink of entering this promised land. The only obstacle at this point is the Jordan River. Now, Joshua sends a couple of spies over to, to Jericho and uh and those spies have some shenanigans. They, they meet up with a prostitute called Rahab uh, who, who takes them in and protects them from the people of Jericho who are searching for these spies. Anyway, read the story because it's good. It's only like a chapter as well, Joshua 2. Uh, uh, the spies come back after Rahab kind of protected them. And they say to Joshua, look, the land is ripe for the taking. Actually, Jericho, they're really scared of who we are. They, uh, they've heard the stories about how God has led us. They, they've heard the stories about how God has rescued us and they're worried that we're so close. So the report comes back that it's good. Um, it is time for the Israelites to cross the Jordan. And so we end up here at Joshua 3, starting at verse 5. Joshua told the people, "'Consecrate yourselves, "'for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you.'" Joshua said to the priest, "'Take up the Ark of the Covenant "'and pass on ahead of the people.'" So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, "'Today I will begin to exalt you "'in the eyes of all of Israel "'so that they may know that I am with you "'as I was with Moses.'" Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. I'm going to skip uh, across a couple of verses. We're going to start again at verse 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zar- Zarathan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. All right. So although although this scripture wasn't long, it wasn't like a big section of scripture, we see a very important thing take place. This was a breakthrough for the Israelites, wasn't it? 40 years in the waiting, they step finally into the promised land. This morning, it's pretty simple. I believe by looking at this scripture, that maybe we too, we too as individuals and collectively as, as a church, I believe that we too can see this kind of breakthrough in our lives that we might step into the promises God has for us. What started as a word stuck in my head a week ago, this morning I believe might lead us to some freedom, that it might lead to transformation and that, that it might lead to us living life in all its fullness. Can we pray together? Who wants that to happen this morning, by the way? wants to see... Breakthrough and freedom wants us to. Who wants to see us step into the promises that God has for us? Let Let's pray together. God, you are great and good. You are, you are so kind and loving, but you are also so holy and so powerful. This morning, as we we look at this this old story from Scripture, we are thankful that you are the same God today that you were then. That you're a God who can make a way that you're a God who, who promises and also equips us for that promise. This morning, I uh, just pray that you might, again, raise our faith, that we may see you do something incredible among us this morning. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. So even though this story is an old one, I, I think it does have something for us today. I know. I know. The, the, just this morning, that there are some of us, just like the Israelites, who are facing a Jordan River. An obstacle, something that, that feels like it's blocking us from stepping into God's promises and God's future for us. And I don't want to simplify it or reduce what Joshua did to a formula this morning. But when we see God show up, who knows that the things that seem impossible suddenly become possible, don't they? So I have two things from this story that I want to share with you that I think that we need to do when we are faced with a Jordan River situation. Are you with me? Yep. Cool. The first one is exactly that word that was stuck in my head first thing we need to do like like Joshua said is we need to consecrate ourselves. We need to consecrate ourselves or, or prepare ourselves. Joshua 3:5 the first verse we read, Joshua says to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. There it is that word. NLT uh, the other, another translation says purify yourselves. But God is going to do something amazing among you. Now, to consecrate means to make or, or declare something to be sacred or holy, right? Something that is set apart for the purposes of God. When we consecrate something, we're saying this is for God's purposes. This is sacred. This is, this is holy, Now, for Joshua and God's people at the time when when Joshua said, consecrate yourselves, there would have been very real application for the Israelites at that time. It would have meant following some purification laws that they had. It would have meant that the people would have had to have confessed. They would have had to have, have probably made animal sacrifices, some of them. They would have also had to have made sure that they didn't touch anything unclean for that time so that they might, be, they might be consecrated. They might be seen as holy or clean so that our holy God could be amongst them. Now, the good news for us this morning is that because of Jesus' sacrifice for us, how good is it that we don't need to offer animal sacrifices anymore? Isn't that good? Yeah. There's some mice around this building that I wouldn't mind sacrificing, but 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 Jesus sacrifice means that we don't need to offer blood sacrifices anymore. But I want to tell you there is a principle that still applies in this, isn't there? How we consecrate ourselves. To consecrate ourselves means we again bow to Jesus as king. And we offer our lives instead as the living sacrifice. Romans 12:1. You know, I'm sure it's familiar. Paul writes, "And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable." This is truly the way to worship Him. The principle uh, in practice, it's different. The Israelites had these set routines that they had to do. For us, the principle is the same. How we do it differs a bit. One, we have this good news that actually Jesus was the sacrifice. The we, we get to uh, bow down and make sure that Jesus is King of our life again. But also, who knows that we need to again. Confess and we need to accept again, afresh, God's forgiveness for us. We talked about this a couple of weeks. Isn't this good news that we have a God who forgives over and over and over again? All we need to do is come confessing, repentant before Him. We have a God who forgives over and over again. Do you know that we see? We see this story uh, in Scripture. We also see it in in church history, that when a people consecrate themselves, God does amazing things among them. That's how I came to hear this word uh, in a podcast about a renewal that is happening and spreading across universities, actually now across the world. Do you know that since the Asprey kind of meetings, renewal, that there have been multiple universities across the US experiencing similar things? Young people coming back to God, confessing, repenting, consecrating themselves again for God's purposes. Not just in the US, we've seen a couple of campuses in the UK as well kind of hold these just seemingly never-ending worship services. When we consecrate ourselves, when we come before God again, when we, when we confess, when we repent, when we accept God's forgiveness, we are saying to God, we're going to be set apart for your purposes. Who knows that if we do that as a people, no wonder, no wonder we, we might see amazing things among us. If we were truly to lay down our agendas and say, God, I, I consecrate myself again for your purposes. What I have, I bring for you to do what you need to do, God. Am I making sense? This morning, the question is, will you consecrate yourself? Will you be Willing to be made holy and purified by the work of Jesus on the cross. When we do, who knows? This brings freedom for us. Freedom from sin. Freedom from addiction. Who thinks that's good? This isn't a shame thing. This isn't a a guilt thing, right? This is how can we experience freedom again? So first, Joshua and the Israelites, they consecrate themselves. Then they move toward the river. So they've spent some days in the camp, consecrating, purifying. They move towards the river. And I kind of half imagine that they're a little bit disappointed when they get to the river. Because when they get to the river, the river is swollen. It's full. And it is flowing Very fast. But the Israelites, instead of waiting on the banks for God to do the miracle in front of them, we know the story is the priests step into the full river, the flowing river. No sign of it stopping at all. And we see that the priests step out in faith. And scripture tells us as soon as the priests' feet hit the water, The river is stopped upstream. It says quite a while upstream. It stopped flowing. Now that sounds great when we read it, like in the context of a short story over like seven verses, it sounds great, doesn't it? Who knows if the river stopped upstream quite a bit, those priests were probably standing in the water for a long time. It's not like the water just vanished. Those priests stepped out in faith. And who knows that they kept stepping. They were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, with them. When they're in the water, I wonder how long it took them to even notice that the river was going down. I reckon it was some time. They had to take those steps, trusting that God would do what he said. I can imagine Joshua was pretty nervous at this point, wasn't he? I've told the people, consecrate yourselves, yeah. Priests, step into the water. When they step into the water, God's going to do amazing things and we're going to be able to cross. And I can imagine they were standing there for a while, waiting for God to do this miracle. But who knows that the miracle did happen? This morning... Again, I don't want to reduce it to a formula. I don't want to simplify what God can do. But first, if we're faced with a Jordan, if we're faced with an obstacle in front of God's promises for us, first, we consecrate ourselves afresh. We again offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. But the second thing we need to do is step out in faith. I know know that sounds cliche, doesn't it? Step out in faith. But we see a great example of what stepping out in faith actually means in this story, don't we? Can I tell you that this is how God works. It's not really faith at all if, if the miracle's done out ahead of us, is it? If we see it, it's not really faith. It's just, oh, that's how it is. But as the priests stand in the, on the river It backs up until the bed is dry. And God's people walk across and into God's promises because they stepped out in faith into the river. 2 Corinthians 5.7, it's a verse we've probably heard before. It says, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? The sight of the Israelites was still a swollen river, flowing very fast in front of them. They didn't walk just by the sight. They walked by faith. They they rested on the promise that God had that if you step into that water, I I will make a way. If we consecrate ourselves and if we are willing to step out in that faith, I believe I believe wholeheartedly we will see God do amazing things among us. The stepping out in faith is a hard one though, isn't it? I know for sure that I prefer that if God would just make the path, I'll walk through it if he just makes it. Man, I wish that's how it worked. That would be lovely. God, can you make that work? But God says that we step out in faith. And when we do, God makes a way, doesn't he? What what an amazing story. It, It actually... It paints a picture that the water kind of banked up, upstream. Imagine if you were upstream in that town, it was called Adam, and you just saw the water kind of rise into the air. Like, that would be incredible to see, wouldn't it? Wish we had some photos. Um, individually, this morning, I believe that we can see breakthroughs. And I'm not just saying the words because they're fun words to say. I, I truly believe that, that as we gather here this morning, that we can see breakthrough. Can I give you some hope this morning? That I believe that even if you've been waiting for that promise for 40 years, that God can do that breakthrough right now. How good is that news? Some of us may have been praying over and over again for the same thing, for the same breakthrough, for the same thing, or or waiting on that same thing that God promised so many years ago. We see it with the Israelites, 40 years before they actually get to step onto that promised land. Can I tell you the same thing is available this morning. The same God is here with us this morning. Amen. We can see that breakthrough as individuals. I also believe as a church that we can see the same kind of breakthrough. Our prayer is that we see God's kingdom come into our city, isn't it? Ah, I'm praying this morning to see that breakthrough. Uh, Sam prayed it. uh, We got to pray for our neighbourhoods, for for our city. Can I share uh, a breakthrough that we've, uh, that God has done in it, in our youth ministry with you. Can I share that with you? Uh, over the last couple of years, you know, relocating to here, uh, we've kind of been rebuilding what youth ministry looks like. It looks very different than, than what we may have been doing previously. And actually, over the last couple of years, what we've found is that we have heaps more boys than we do girls at youth. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. It makes it pretty fun. It means that more things get broken. But... But it is, it is good. There's nothing wrong with it. But some of our uh, our leaders have decided it was time to pray for more girls. It was time to pray for it, and they've prayed and they've prayed. But they didn't just pray and wait for the girls to show up on a Friday night, did they? They prayed but they made sure that they they were faithful with the girls that we had. Those leaders made sure that that they created environments that that meant that girls still felt safe, even though there were so many guys here. In fact, they still stepped out and invited more girls to be coming to youth on a Friday. They followed them up. They prayed, but they also stepped out in faith, right? Right? Can I tell you? And I, this is this is actually a real celebration point. Two weeks ago, we had more boys. Uh, we had more girls than boys at Rev. Now it wasn't that no boys turned up that night. They were all here, but we had we had a stack of girls. And Hannah and Ella, you guys are happy that there's more girls around on a Friday night, aren't you? Yeah. Can I tell you? It's that's a breakthrough. We, we are seeing so many more girls. You saw the picture. That was, I think all the boys were up the back, but you saw the picture. I believe that God wants to do something amazing among us, something that we're going to testify, that we're going to be able to tell stories about. God is looking for people who will consecrate themselves, to acknowledge that he is king, that are willing to be used for God's purposes. And he's also looking for a people who will step out in faith and with obedience, even when things don't look like they're super optimistic, right? When people will still step out. I'm going to invite uh, the team back up. But this morning, it's a simple question. Are you facing a Jordan River at the moment? Is there an obstacle or or a seemingly dead end that you're up against? Is there something that you have prayed over and over for the last maybe 40 years and haven't seen happen yet? I believe I believe that if we consecrate ourselves, if we step out in faith, that God will do amazing things among us. What what an amazing word that Joshua said, that God will do amazing things among us. We're gonna pray and I I invite you in this time. We're probably seeing God of revival and just to remind us again, a bit of faith. But during this time, I, I just invite you where you are to consecrate yourself again. Do you, do you need to confess? Do you need to repent? Do you need to accept God's forgiveness again? Do you need to once more lay down your life before Jesus and say it is yours to use for your purposes? Can we pray together? God, you are good. We, we just love the story of your faithfulness. That when you promise something, you, you do make a way. But there is there is some things that we need to do as well. This morning, we again ask you to, to purify us. We thank you for your boundless. Forgiveness and salvation. We again ask that God, you might use us. Use us to fulfill those promises. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. We Thank you that you can make us clean. We also pray in this, this moment, in this time, that Holy Spirit, you prompt us to step out in faith. Even when things don't look right at the moment, you, you encourage us to step out again, that you will make a way. So I ask Holy Spirit in this time that once again, you prompt us that you might quicken to our mind, where do we need to step out in faith? Where might we see Breakthrough. Where might we see God? You do amazing things among us. Come and move in this time, Holy Spirit. Amen. We're gonna gonna sing together, but but as always, I want there to be a place of of prayer. Um, I'm just gonna stand by the cross. If if you need breakthrough. This morning, I, I want to pray that over you and and for you. But I'm going to invite you to stand as as we sing together.